Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 324. We're shuffling things up a little bit around here. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. This week, I am going solo. It's the holiday season. Julius is unavailable, so I figured I would just get, get a little episode out. I don't think there's going to be a, a whole lot here because when there's only one person talking, the shows tend to be half as long. It works out that way. This week, I'm talking about a game called Wreck This Deck. It is a solo RPG. The game is by Becky Anison, and the, the theme of this game is you are a deck runner, a person who uses a deck of playing cards to cast spells and trap demons and do stuff. It's a little bit different than other solo journaling games in that you, like, like most games, you use a deck of cards. What's different here is you actually destroy the deck of cards. The title Wreck This Deck is, is meant literally. <laughs> which is super fun, super cool. So the components of this game, as I already said, it, it's a role-playing game, so you're going to get a, a book, as typical per solo role-playing games. This is about, I don't know the exact size, but it's about an A5 size book. Many of the games that are solo journaling games are this size or even smaller. Uh, most of them are around A5. A5 or a half-letter page folded in half, which is A5-ish. Uh, the book is all black and white and red, so it's got three color inks. It's got some diagrams. It's not too big. What is it, like 32 pages maybe? 40 pages? 38 pages. So it's a small book. Besides the deck of cards, you're going to have something to journal on, something to write with, and the deck of cards. You want to choose you know, whatever deck of cards you feel like choosing, keeping in mind that you are going to be altering and destroying the cards. So this is not a deck you want to keep permanently and take out in your next poker night because... <laughs> that's not going to go over well the deck does need to have both jokers in it so you want to make sure it, you don't find an old deck without those you, you want to maybe just want to buy a new deck of cards for it. Or, if you, or if you're like me and you have more decks of cards than you need this is perfect because you're going to get to alter them the, I like the book The so I'm talking about the components right I really enjoy actually this is all kind of blending because this is both components well, it's components and theme and rules all mixed into one here. The book is written in the from the perspective of somebody that is a deck runner and just sharing information with you. So the setting is a it's, what what do you call it? It's like urban urban horror sort of stuff? Like I don't know, I don't know what it's called, but that that sort of genre of modern setting, kind of dark, kind of gritty. You're going to be a deck runner, and to do that, you create a deck. And the per, the person that's giving you information, they tell you a little bit about their deck and some of the things they've done with it and whatnot and you know things you don't want to do and, and it's written almost like a journal itself or a diary even it's really i've really enjoyed reading it um very very satisfying got me really excited about playing the game so i thought it was well written i find the only flaw i have found in it i think personally is as i said the, the theme of this game is you're you're trapping demons into your deck and it it brings you a list of demons, but only about a dozen as examples. It says, you know, here here's some you might want to try. You know, feel free to make your own and whatnot. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, it brings fourteen as examples, and they're not honestly going to be ones you want to use. It'll tell you the demon, how to bind it into the card, which is basically what kind of alterations you need to do the card. And what benefits it has. It also then tells you about the demon. The consequences of having the demon if you draw it when you're doing your reading with the deck. 
the alterations, in theory, you're you're making large alterations. It could be as simple as drawing on the card if that's what you want to do, or writing on it, or scratching it up, or or you could do much larger alterations like cutting up the card or, or whatnot. For for one of my cards, for example, I crushed it really hard and smashed it up with a rock and stuff, so it got really all bent and worn looking. Another one I soaked in water until the front and backs peeled apart. Then I took an exacto knife and cut the front up like a puzzle and then put it back on the back so now the front is all mixed up. Uh so you could you could get really creative like that. Uh if you look online, there's a lot of forums for this game. And there's people that have done some really neat alterations. Um, sewing the card, somebody cut a jack-o'-lantern face on the card that looks really cool. You know, what whatever whatever your imagination comes up with. The idea being that the alteration is somehow tied to the demon. So a demon who has mastery over fire, for example, would maybe gonna burn or scorch or blacken the card. That that might be one way to do it. Maybe you draw flames on it. Whatever suits your fancy. So there we go. That's the components. A little bit about the rules and not the gameplay. Um, and some about the theme. So the gameplay. The way the game works is you are a person living. I want to say living on the edge of society, but not necessarily. You're a person that lives in a culture where you're maybe oppressed or fighting against bigger forces, or you you have some sort of goal that you want to do. I guess it's kind of vague about what your goal is. I interpret it to be sort of like you're you're oppressing against society so you're going to come up with your character you know give them a description basic description some motivations and that sort of thing you're going to take your deck you're going to get the two jokers and you mark them so the way you mark them on the back of the cards on the jokers one of them you're going to draw this eye looking symbol on the other one you're going to draw an eye looking symbol again and put your character's name on it and these are now marked so when you're shuffling your deck and you're you know you're looking at the back you'll see these come up as you're shuffling the these cards matter if you're playing the game and they come up in a reading when as you're playing the if you draw the joker with your name on it that's good that mean or potentially good it means somebody's trying to contact you if you draw the other one it means somebody tried to attack you with magic or something so now you have your two jokers and they're marked uh as you play the game the idea is you have a character you have a go if you're not sure what to do or if you want to do something specific or you're trying to figure out some information Instead of like the traditional draw card and compare it to a table, see what the consequences is, you do a little reading, like if you're playing with tarot cards. You will draw three cards, then look at, onto a table, yes, that tells you what the different card meanings are. And then you use those three cards to interpret the the reading you're doing. And there's different readings you could do. There's there's a real basic one that just has three cards. In the book, as an example, there's one that has six, another one, a different one called Path of Lies with three there's a path of demons that you could use to figure out what demon you summoned if you just have no idea what you want to summon. And that one uses five different cards in a layout. And, you know, they, they recommend making your own layout if, if you have one or, you know, if you have one, record in your journal what it is and that sort of thing. When you play the, when you draw the cards, you play them out and it gives you a reading. If you draw one of those jokers doing this, then, then there's a consequence of it. Somebody's trying to attack you or somebody's trying to reach out to you, whatever. You may want to draw more cards for that. Now, who and what? That that keep in mind. This is a journaling game, and you have a story. So you're developing a story, and as you're playing, you're gonna just kind of know who these, who it is, or what it is that's attacking you. You're gonna just decide based on what's happening so far and what's coming up. If you really don't have any idea, you could do another reading to say, okay, so who is the who is attacking me? You'll draw three cards, and it'll kind of give you a vague description, very vague description. 
And based on that, you'll come up with your own character that that is attacking you or contacting you or whatever. And and you'll play this way, doing stuff and interacting with them and developing your character and your story. So I said the game is about summoning demons. So really, this is, I think, the, the funnest part. You choose which demon you want to summon. Or if you just don't know, like I said, do one of those readings and, and kind of come up with something that way. You will have to do a ritual to summon them. I've honestly kind of skipped that ritual part every time. And the rituals are, and I don't think they necessarily called it a ritual, but the, the what you're doing is something you have to do to see if you succeed or fail in summoning the demon, which includes drawing a card to see the results of it. I tend to just skip that and assume it worked every time. And I've been happier with that, honestly. And then you're going to alter the card. Again, I already mentioned based on what demon you're summoning, how you alter it. This is a large part of the fun. Figuring out how to alter in the card and going and doing it. it. It is very much a craft project. It is very much getting scissors and glue and paper and markers and just going at the card and having fun in some kind of creative way. Once you do that, you get this card that is now marked and you could use for the for those readings. If they come up during the reading, that could have consequences, good or bad. But you could also use a card for a ritual. Let's say you're playing the game and there's something you need to do. Or you say, oh, this one demon I have has influence over the shadows and I could really use that sort of power to, to do whatever it is I want to do in my story. So you do a ritual with that demon and you could do a ritual with, I think they said, with as many demons as you want, really, but the, the rule book says you never want to do more than two. There could be consequences of, if that happens, you know. And trust me, I know. You choose how many you're using, though. And then once you've done that, you shuffle the deck and you draw cards. Number of demons you chose plus one. And you have to have at least one success. A success is a black card. Red cards are failures. So if you get at least one success, excellent. What you're trying to do worked. If you got no successes, oh, ooh, bad news. Now you got to deal with that. If while drawing cards, you drew another demon card from your deck, another one that's already got a demon trapped in it, that could be bad. There's consequences there. And your demon has a, each demon has a consequence that happens. I haven't had that happen to me yet, so I really don't know what those are. But they're ge- I don't remember. They're generally not good things. It could be something they've done in the past that starts to fall apart or or you start feeling some, I don't know, paranoia because it's a demon that affects emotions or something. And that's not going to alter your story going forward. So it's it's a it's a neat way to get random outcomes that you weren't expecting using these cards that you have made and altered. A thing that is really interesting is that when you alter these cards, unless you're just writing on them probably, they really stand out in the deck. <laughs> and I mean very much. Like if I look at my deck from the side, I could find just immediately spot cards that have been altered because they're they're warped and that sort of thing. Um, And that's okay. You know, you can shuffle and if those come up in the top, that's okay. If they don't, it doesn't really matter whether you can see them coming or not. Um, and I think that's really interesting and really neat. So that's kind of the gameplay. It's about altering the cards and then using the cards to, to cast different rituals or do readings and ha- dealing with the consequences of the cards you draw and that sort of thing. And, and doing these readings and interpreting the cards in a way that advances your story. Maybe in an expected way, maybe in an unexpected way, but it always seems to, to have some sort of consequence or effect. That's Generally speaking, it's been interesting for me. I really have enjoyed it. One of the other things about this game that is really neat besides just the um, just the playing of it and altering the cards and whatnot, is that the rulebook keeps talking about how there's other deckers out there and, 
it'd encourage you to go online and share your alterations. And if you've come up with your own reading you like, share it online. So use this hashtag. There are groups online. There's a Reddit group and there's a Discord channel where people share information and stuff. They've also done card swaps. And that's one of the things in the rules. It says, you you know, once in a while you may swap cards with somebody else. So maybe maybe you've got one that has a demon trapped in it that you're you want to share with somebody else because you like how you altered it because this demon is just giving you trouble. You could trade it with a different person out there and get a completely different looking card with some alteration and some demon. You just don't know what it is and what to expect. That is, and that I think is super cool. I haven't done that. I haven't traded with anybody, but I have been tempted to actually to to start a second game with a different character in the same universe that them potentially meet and or trade cards or something. And that seems quite doable. I think managing two unrelated stories that are random might be really difficult. It sounds interesting, but I don't know. I don't know if that would work or not. Um, the other possibility, I guess, is you could just say you met somebody else and traded cards with them and just get some other card that you have and mark it up and put it in your deck and discard a different card. I mean, that's interesting because I suppose that means you could end up with a deck that has multiple, you know, like seven or eight aces or something like that, or, or mostly red and not many black cards or vice versa. And, and just the idea of having that kind of deck just seems really neat. And, and because of the theme is described so well, I think it just makes the game seem that much more exciting and more fun. The only thing I really don't like about the game so much is the demons in the book. It's a very small list, and I felt very constrained by that and honestly pretty lost. Uh, I don't know a lot about demons, honestly, so coming up with one I found extremely challenging. I ended up What I ended up actually doing was I went and used ChatGPT and told it to give me a list of demons for this game that, wrecks it, that you're wrecking the deck and blah, 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 and I told it what I needed, and it actually gave me... Decent, pretty decent list of actual demon names and powers that they might have, and what they kind of what kind of influences they have, and how to alter the cards and whatnot, and the consequences of when I draw them and the bad stuff happens. So it gave me a pretty thorough list. Not perfect because ChatGPT is rather imperfect, but very workable and at the very least great for inspirations and ideas and names. So I made that. I ended up using demons. I, I may have had angels. I use. I'd made a list of fairies. I made a list of Lovecraftian creatures. But I don't remember right now, but it's a bunch of stuff. I got like, well, in the end, I made a list of about 300 different entities that you can put into a deck with different ways to alter them. Uh, like I said, it's not a perfect thing because it was done with ChatGPT, but it does give me ideas and, and inspiration. And that has worked out really well in that sense. And I ended up putting that, that online on a website. I will share a link for with that for anybody that's interested in playing it. Also, I also mentioned the Discord and the Reddit channels, so you could go to those and ask questions or read and get information. There's somebody else that has uploaded a couple different pantheons, a Japanese pantheon as well as a Greek one. Oh, and they did the list of angels. I haven't done a list of angels. And and they list entities and give descriptions. What that lacked was how to summon them. That sort of left for you to figure out and decide, which I, which I like. Makes sense. Like I said, my my chat GP tool is rather imperfect. But it was fun coming up with it and and it has been helpful. Other than that, I have really enjoyed the game and I find it really fun. Um there are other drawbacks. The I have found it a little bit hard and it, I don't know if it's just me in this particular game, but I find it a little bit hard knowing when to come up with a random thing when 
versus just going on and on and writing stuff in in my journal and my story about the character without randomizing from the game. So I think that's a little bit of something I have to figure out how to manage and maybe just do readings more often. One thing that tells me I haven't done enough readings is the fact that I've only, uh, well, I have not drawn any demons yet during a reading. And I think my deck has five or six of them in right now. Not tons, but I mean enough that they should come up. So, so yeah, the, I don't know when I see, here's one. This card is all folded up and wrinkled. And then crushed, so the edges are all torn. Here's one that was just painted in black. It says it's painted black. Here's one that was dunked in cold water for a long time and then wrinkled up a lot and drawn onto the shape of a lighthouse. It said, you know, wrinkle the card in the shape of a lighthouse. What does, what does that mean, really? I don't know. But I kind of managed something that worked. There's another one that's just wrinkled and worn and painted with blue along the cracks to make it look like ice. And there's the one that I cut up. So I think that was five cards I mentioned. Plus the two jokers. I don't know if you could put a demon into one of the jokers. I haven't read anything saying you can or can't. That does seem like an interesting choice. It kind of, I don't know. Anyway, this is, it's a really neat game. I highly recommend going out to look at it, especially if you have too many decks of cards and you don't know what to do with them. This is a, a great way to, to use up one or two, though. I, I don't think I'll want to get rid of the deck afterwards because I've enjoyed the playing the game and enjoy the story so the deck is kind of fun to just look through especially the more and more i alter it i don't know how many cards you alter from what i read the person said i think the character in the rule book said they had like maybe half their deck was demons demons maybe not maybe a half or maybe a fourth i think it was closer to half and that sounds like an awful lot because i mean the chances of drawing a demon anytime you're checking to see something happens you're pretty much guaranteed right if you're drawing well, if you're drawing one card in 50-50, you're drawing two. It's almost guaranteed. It's one in four chance that you won't draw a demon, I guess. Just, I've always found statistics tricky. Anyway, Wreck This Deck by Becky Anison. Um, really cool little journaling role-playing game. I have quite enjoyed it. And that is all for this week. Next time we do a show will be next year already i guess actually this show comes out next year doesn't it because i'm recording the week before christmas and it will be published the saturday after christmas so happy new year everyone thanks for listening we love feedback so we love hearing from you you can reach me at julius at oneplayerpodcast.com or jlbird on bgg and albert can be reached at albert at oneplayerpodcast.com or fractaloon on bgg our website is oneplayerpodcast.com with the number one and we're also on twitter at oneplayerpodcast the intro music is copyright angus can be found at gemendo.com the transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at donpancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-like license. Thanks for listening.